Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome back to another episode of East Meets West, your Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat. Not a Christmas special, it's a G1 special. So, in terms of New Japan, it's very much the exact same thing. Because for a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, this is truly the most wonderful time of the year when it comes to the G1 Climax. Some questionable entrance this year aside. I am Scott McLeod, joined as always by Graham McRobbity. We'll give our all predictions or analysis ahead of the kickoff to this turn, which starts uh, this Saturday on the 18th of September. Uh, Grant, you know, this is, we don't usually do episodes this close together, but you know, when the G1 comes around, you got to make an exception. Aye, there was no way we could go and let the G1 start and not get involved in the the, the pie that is doing a preview for it, as I think almost every other podcast I've seen is doing at the moment. So it's good to see everyone's still got some level of excitement about it coming up. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, obviously, we had an episode just come out last week. You can check that out in our back catalogue along with all the other past episodes of East Meets West. But, you know, we had enough to talk about in that one. It nearly went about two hours. I think if we tried to include what we're going to talk about here with the G1, everything that episode would go on for about... So it's as long as that last to- that last MetLife Dome show. So we don't want you also having to listen to this for that long. But go check out that episode. Check out all of our past episodes and feature shows on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, all good Android podcasts and sites. Uh, we've got Central. We're, you get all the latest news grants on there. Most recent one with my brother Ross. Uh, next week's feature show on Tuesday will be myself, David Hockney, Callum and Chris looking at the best WWE US champions and of course Saturday Draft Live every single Saturday and like I said Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, follow us on social media we'll get involved in the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat community, we can get involved in shows like this and we're going to have some comments and predictions from members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat community later on in the show but so again we'll kick off like I said September 18th is the date uh, the G1 will kick off and it'll go all the way to October 20th, so a month-long tournament and endurance test, not only for those uh, competing in it, but for those trying to keep up with it and watch every single night of the tour. But, you know, we're going to have live English commentary with Chris Shorten and Kim Guy being in the venues for the shows, thankfully, so hopefully I won't be too far behind. I won't get much spot when it comes to the end of the tournament. But the first two nights split into the A block and B block, and we may have mentioned this briefly on... The, the end of our last episode, we'll delve into a bit more here. They're kicking off both nights like, very strong. And like, look at A Block, you got Shingo versus Ishii, Yano versus Kenta. So, whether that's comedy Yano or murder Yano that we saw at MetLife Dome, either way, him against Kenta, I'm looking forward to. And you also got Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr., keeping that going, keeping that uh, tag team feud going. And B Block, 
starting equally strong. You got Tamatonga versus Sanada, and you got you know the old classic, um, definitely going to main event Tanahashi taking on Okada. So, arguably, it's the biggest tournament out of all the ones that New Japan does. So, you want to come out of the gates hot, and they're certainly doing it. I thought they're they're throwing literal Tokyo Dome main events in the first two days of the tournament. You you don't really get much bigger than that. There's some people might say it's they're are they blowing their load too early, but these tournaments always have a, a, an unpredictable fashion as they go on. Mm-hmm. They certainly do. Uh, like Shingo versus Ishii, we've already seen them uh, face off for you know the Never Championship, but. I like I like to see what happens. I'm sure that's going to be the night of the main events, the first night of April with Shingo being the world champion. And you know, Ishii got the upset on Jay White, stopping him from getting to the final. He's beating Kenny Omega before in the G1 when Kenny Omega was IWGP world champion. So, could you imagine if they started off, you know, ending the first night of A block by having Ishii beat the IWGP world heavyweight champion and secure himself a title shot between now and Wrestle Kingdom? It's it's a bold one, but based on Ishii's habit of being a hell of a spoiler, and as I would call him, Mr. G1 Climax himself, based on his overall consistency and performances, don't write out Ishii from uh, being able to do that in the first night. Mm-hmm. But I should mention, uh, we ha- like I said, we have some questionable you know, entrance. Uh, and do you think... Uh, part of uh, the fact that also some people are surprised that you know you got both members of GOD and Sevrots, you got Great Okan and uh, Chase Owen, people, people who you may not think would have maybe gotten the tournament in previous years. You think part of that is to do with the fact that you've got certain talent over in the US, you know, you've got Jay White and Suzuki uh, flying the New Japan flag over in the US, you know, Suzuki appearing both on New Japan Strong and Bloody AEW right now. Yeah, I think it's had a huge impact on it. Um, like Suzuki doing his uh, Murder Everyone in America tour, as I'm calling it right now. Um, you've even got like, Osprey's back from injury as well. Um, he's had a slight spell of the COVID in the UK, but he's announced for wrestling again in Rev Pro the same weekend that the G1 starts. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like three three massive ones out of the equation. I think of the new entrance, Okan's the only one that I kind of expected I felt he was going to be in it one way or another with how they've pushed him over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I can see it coming, you know, in hindsight way, given the fact he was put in a wrestle kingdom against like of Tanahashi. He's, he got a win over Naito in the first round of the New Japan Cup earlier this year, so yeah, probably should have seen that coming. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, surprises that like you said in the tournament. Uh, who do you think out of all the entries in the tournament, both uh, newer people or like established, you know, people with G1 records, who do you think uh, might have, you know, the the tournament performance that, you know, when we look back at the end of the tournament, surprises everybody, and that oh they did like better than I thought they would. I think for one that's going to kind of surprise people um, for overall performance, I'm actually back in Tangaloa to do that because. He never gets as much a chance to do singles wrestling these days, but he really is fantastic in the ring. So I think he's the shout for that. It could be you know, quite interesting seeing what he does in the tournament. Uh, he's gone up against Guru Khan in the first night of, of A Block, and he's, the second night of A Block, he's got a match against uh, Tipsy and Naito. I was actually going to say him, both him and Tangle, I think, to extent, like on either side of the block, they're both brothers will uh, like, do better than I think people are expecting them to because. 
Tamatonga isn't as surprising a G1 pick. I think, you know, like 2018, he was in the G1 climax. I think that may have been the last time he was in. So he's been in the G1 before. He's gotten some uh, upset wins every so often. So I think he is going to be somebody who surprises people. But I think both brothers will uh, really pull it out during this tournament. I expect Tanga to get more wins than Tangaloa, probably. Uh, originally, I would have said Jeff Cobb before, if he hadn't already beaten Okada back at the MetLife Dome. Because you know the way he beat Okada and then commentary across both nights at Grand Slam were bigging him up as a favourite for the G1. I don't think if he... I think he will go on a very dominant run, but I don't think he can get a surprise at this stage because you know they've already kind of foreshadowed it. Yeah, I mean, looking at some of the entries there, like um, looking at how how many debuts there, there's actually three debut entries this year, which are Okan, Tangle has never been in it, and Chase Owens first ever G1. But for some reason, like Tama has been in it four times. Uh, the most storied one of them all, the person that's been in it more than anyone, uh, might surprise people, but it is. Mr. Toro Yano himself, this is his 16th entry and his 15th consecutive. Uh, well, uh, that is quite surprising, actually. He's never won one, but I'm sure there are those of us out there who uh, who ho- still hold out hope every year that Yano will get one. But like I said before, you think that Yano's going to keep up this streak of uh, you know, being this killer Yano with the, the dyed hair that we saw at Russell Grand Slam, where do you think we're going to see the, the reappearance of you know, the old you know, Flynn-loving Yano? I'm kind of hoping that he's he's back. He's got he's got he's got the killer instinct back. I think because that could really actually shock people. Um, I know our our very own Sarah Gray from the podcast will will be back in Yano, no doubt. We know how much <laughs> she loves him. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. If he goes back to his old laid back comedy self, I'm not going to complain because it is absolutely hilarious. Plus, Suzuki never beat him. Maybe that's why Suzuki just decided to give it a miss this year. Going fuck that. No going against him again. <laughs> Maybe, because I think it will determine how he does in the, the tournament, because, you know, he went bloody 25 minutes at the MetLife Dome, so, you know, and, you know, the longest he went in last year's G1 was around, like, between 10 and 12 minutes, I think, in a match with Zach Sabre Jr. So, if you go back to the fun level, you know, he can still have some, like, stand-in ones, get some upset wins like he always does, but I think his match would be a lot more interesting to watch if he does end up coming out as, you know, the killer, you know. Because, you know, you see how the, the wins he gets sometimes when he's, you know, fun-loving, you know, but imagine what happens now if he's a lot more serious and, like, maybe his matches will go a bit longer. Maybe you'll have a G1 match that goes 15 minutes, maybe even 20, dare I say. Oh, oh he, could be, he could definitely be earning his overtime, but Big Yano. I'm pretty sure it was the G1 that he actually beat Omega before. Mm-hmm. And it was, when Omega, it was when Omega was champion, so... Omega, yeah. you still owe Yano a title shot of some sort, you dick. I think he also beat... Got the win over him the year he won it as well. So, you know, Yano is that type of, I think he beat uh, Naito in 2019. I think he got a win over Naito before. And Naito done a bit like long matches. Naito, I expect to be the main culprit of uh, you know, going skirting very close to the timeline, much like he did uh, last year when he was champion. You know, he was averaging 25, 26 minutes in his matches. Yeah, Naito does love, a, love, love to draw things out. Why he likes to draw out, I have no idea. I like the thought of doing 25 minutes for nine matches is just, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, I think when that take, that, the toll that takes on you, you know, physically. Uh, something I'm not looking forward to is the fact that, you know, he's 
the same block as Guido Can, and I don't have any interest in seeing the 20-25 minute Guido Can Naito match. Not again. Uh, we got those they two facing off quite a few times at the start of the year, and I think I had my fill of that. So you know, anybody else? You know, you want to go 25 minutes with Tangelo or Kenta or Shingo? There you go. But you know, I, if, if you can keep that uh, Guido Can match, maybe 10 minutes, I'd be appreciated. Because I know Naito is a big fan of this show. <laughs> Definitely, and I mean, you look at the stats. Well, like Naito is a two-time winner, uh, one of one of two two-time winners in his block. Yeah, um, and defending champion Kota Ibushi. Uh, Ibushi, I think, is still a lot of people's favourites. And you know, you got Naito, uh, then you got Okada, who's won it uh, twice. Naito Tanahashi, I think, has won it twice also. Uh, but there's never, I don't think, there's ever been a three-time winner. There hasn't been a three-time winner since Chono. So I think Ibushi, if anyone's going to do it, I'd imagine he's well done a shot of doing that. Yeah, that's it. There is, there is a Tanahashi's won it three times as well. Um, oh. 2007, 2015, 2018. Oh, yeah, I forgot about his 2018 one. Yeah, so, yeah there you go. There is, he is a three-timer. But, you know, we all know how much Ibushi loves Tanahashi and wants to surpass him. So. And my mistake, I said Yano had the most entries at 16. I'm wrong. It's... Tana with 20 entries and this is his 20th consecutive time entering. I'm sure somewhere David Campbell is shaking his head. Uh, you know, we're meant to be the experts here. I was, I was, part of me was sure that Tanahashi had won three, but I don't know. Wasn't sure. So yeah, he's won three or four. You know, Okada's won twice. He could be one of the in his third. Uh, you know, we all know Chona, as I mentioned, he's won five. So like, he was like one of the first people to go over three. But, you know, I, I still say that, you know, Ibushi could do it, but also he would be well within a shout of doing it. His would be all his three wins would be back to back to back, which would be unheard of. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. It would then further fuel the fire of the speculation, which is what the fuck is Gado doing with the booking of Kota Ibushi over the last three years? <laughs> I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I don't. Think, I think it all went downhill as soon as he unified those two belts. That's when it all started to go down. And then also, it's not his fault. You know, he would have had his rematch for the day. We don't know where that would have went had he not got, you know, the, the pneumonia and everything. And he is in the same block as Shingo, so we are going to finally get, you know, that match that we were supposed to get uh, months ago. Yeah, and... If anything, just I, I I'm quite a fan of like whenever you get these kind of matchups happening in the G1 because the 30 minute time limit creates a sense of urgency. Um, best exemplified by the time that Omega finally got a win over Akada for the first time, and that was the G1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the that was the block final as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> and also, we talked about it on that show we did about the Omega uh, Okada like series of matches and I mentioned before you know also helped that you know they did in a 60 minute match with no winner with a draw so then you're thinking well if you can't put my way in 60 minutes what chance have you got in 30 and given that also Omega needed to win that match to go through to the final then yeah like the sense of urgency was very strong at that time uh, but looking at matches that we haven't already talked about and also knowing who's in what block uh if you could name like a couple of matches uh, that you you're really looking forward to like the most, if you had to kind of like choose some of your like most anticipated, I think for me I've got a 
probably a couple of matchups on on, on both blocks that really kind of stand out to me. Um, and Blocky, um, Shingo, and Kenta. Mm. I cannot wait for that. I think that is going to be an absolute barnstormer of a match. Oh yeah, that goes down on the thirtieth of September. Like again, like we only got it for the first time earlier this year in the New Japan Cup quarterfinals. First time it had ever happened, uh, as far as we know. Uh, even though the commentary even said that it may have been the first time ever, and we only got like I think a small sample of what they could get. So I want to see more of it. Let them go as long as they they what they can within that thirty minutes between Kenta and Shingo and. You know, I wouldn't even be surprised if Kenna somehow managed to pull out the win over Shingo because uh, he kind of played spoiler in Naito, beating Naito the final of B Block last year when he when Naito was a champion, so he can do it. Yeah, that's it. It's it's definitely an open match. I mean, that's that's just one of mine for Block A. Another one that I've got, which is from Block B, it's uh, Evil. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking kidding. That. No one wants to see an evil match. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I would actually say um, Jeff Cobb. And Goto, oh, big horse, big horse match, mm-hmm. battering lumps at each other. <laughs> yeah, because I think that is a match that has happened uh, once or twice before. I think they feuded over the Never title. This is before Cobb was officially a, a New Japan roster member. But yeah, you know Cobb and the this is the run he's on. You know how dominant he's been taking on Goto, who can he's got that run kind of like EC where he can pull out. Some wins when he needs to during like tournaments like this, but he often can be the guy who just comes up short against you know somebody who they want to present as dominant during the tournament. And so I don't really see Cobb winning that one, but I think Goto's going to give him a hell of a fight in that match. I I think that's that's definitely those two like those two matches just straight off the bat. I mean, there's so many other dream matches in there for me, like uh, ZSG and Shingo. Like pretty much Shingo against almost anyone to me is just gold. Uh, apart from Yujiro, because he'll probably have the fucking house of torture with him. Oh fuck yes! Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad Shingo and Evil have been kept apart uh, for the matches. I mean, I don't know where. Uh, I think you'll least have Togo out there. I think if you can just keep Togo with Evil, and you know, keep put, take Show away. Don't have Show out here, uh, and just like let Yujiro do it on his own, so we can maybe keep the house of torture shenanigans to a minimum. If we can possibly do that, because you know I can't have that going across two fucking blocks. Like somehow in the the twenty twenty one, you know some some people were getting in a bit annoyed with the whole Gato Joe thing. But remember when he was in this same tournament as Evil, who was in the opposite block with Dick Togo doing it, <laughs> uh, Evil and Togo's shenanigans made Joe and Gato more bearable. Aye, it was absolutely nuts. I mean. I do think we're still going to see the odd appearance from the likes of showing that because I've I'm checking the cards throughout. There seems to be the odd spattering of the the new young lions getting tested mm-hmm. out. The first two nights, the uh, each one's got show each night. So I'm like, no, no, no. That means he could appear at both both the Ujiro match and the Evil match. No, we don't want that. Yeah, I don't mind. I actually did check them myself because I wanted to see what they were going to do card wise. If they're going to keep it all block matches, because. Uh, I remember last year they did what Rocky Romero did called the uh, unofficial C-block where they had Yurimura, Suji and Gabriel Kidd in rotating singles matches across the, the different nights. And yeah, like, and then there's a couple of nights where they don't have those Young Lion matches and then they do, I think later in the month, later in September, they've got them, both Young Lions going up against Master Wattle as well. So it's a good use of some of the juniors because I've heard seen a few more of them 
like uh, Robbie Eagles has recently been uh, confirmed that he's going to be as part of uh, Ultimate Attack for New Japan Strong. He's actually going to have a match against Jay White at one of those tapings, so that should be interesting. Yeah, I've noticed even Kanemaru and El Desperado are making appearances later in the tournament as well mm-hmm. against the Young Lions. Um, so, you know, that's it's, it's good to have a little bit of presence, you know. I'm, I'm glad that for the, for the most part, it's going to be mostly the just the block matches but the odd because you generally know that these young lion matches like they've even got Hiromu right near the end as well those young lion matches will only go for maybe like 10 minutes tops and I'll be honest when they've done it before I actually really I, I never skipped them they were actually really fun to watch yeah they they, yeah, they really were and uh, even like you said they keep it short and then goes right into the block matches unlike previous years where you'd have those like preview tag matches beforehand it makes the the tournament a lot more digestible which like say if you miss a day because you've got, like, you're working or whatever and you've got a day or so to catch up on then the, e- the easier to digest then the better so you're not like too far behind and something shocking happens like and you get it spoiled for you before it happens so especially for a fan knows they're watching it over here but yeah i agree with you about like single any singles matches go back to the tournament any singles matches is one to look forward to. Like, even Yuzhou, because I just want to see Yuzhou get battered. Uh, but I think it's quite interesting. Like, I think Shingo will be eventually, at some point, maybe even next year, if he's not a champion, uh, next year, he, I think he could be a G1 winner. But, like, I wouldn't put it past him. Like, you never you never think that the, G, the, the current world champion is going to be the one of the G1. But, you know, if I was going to pick anybody to win the G1 while still champion, and still make it believable, I'd pick Shingo. Aye, without a doubt. Like, Shingo's like, last year in particular has been an absolute meteoric rise, and he is pretty much he is in contention to be one of the best wrestlers in the world. As far as I'm concerned, that PWI thing was wrong for not having him in the top three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, cause, like, I know it's the old like, kayfabe of conscience, but like, he got to the final of the, of the New Japan Cup. He is the champion now. Like he ended, it starts in June. It goes from June to June. So then he was still never champion. Lost it, won it back. Had a crack of a match with Jeff Cobb at Wrestle Kingdom. Had a strong performance in the G1 New Japan Cup. Wins the title. Like and yeah, like ninth, like even top five. Come on, I mean, like Abushi, I can understand he won the the G1 unified the belts and everything. Osprey, I don't really agree with as much. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like I, I do, I, I do argue that like sort of all three of them definitely are top ten material. But to me, Shingo right at the top. I mean, he had to go through all of those former world champions mm. just to win, win it big. So you know, screw that rating system. We're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw other people having different opinions. Uh, but also, you mentioned the Kenta Shingo match that's on the 30th of September. I'm really looking forward to that. Plus, I'm looking forward to a match uh, that could turn out to be the most you know, interesting to uh, check out of all the singles matches on the A block match uh, day before that on the 26th of September, where Shingo takes on LIG stablemate Naito. That's a big one. I always love. Like some stables, when they have their like interstable matches, play off differently. But the L- the LIJ ones in particular to me always stand out as as really good because there's always that little bit before the tournament where they all kind of look at each other and go, "I we're pals," but 
I'll fucking batter you in the tournament, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that could be very tricky. Like Naito has kind of been you know, floating about in the tag, tag scene. They you know, so won the tag titles very briefly, then lost them again. Uh, but he's, you know, it's kind of been a, just around his Naito since like losing at Wrestle Kingdom. So you know, you think this is when Naito wants to get back to the world title scene. So he's going to pull it out against Shingo, and you know, I'll to see which way that goes because you remember. Uh, last year, both he and Sonata were in B-Blog against each other. Naito was the champion, and Sonata did beat him. That was Naito's like Sonata's first win after he was coming off and all being 0-3, and, and they'd used that to then eventually and go on and win the B-Block. So, you know, like that, that, that is that's one of the matches I de- I just generally cannot call which way it's going to go. Yeah, it's it's way too unpredictable. Um, to me, I think the placement of where the match fits in the tournament, it'll be. I think it's going to really come down to who is in a better physical condition by that point. Like, is is Naito still keeping long matches going, or is he finally having some sense and trying to get matches away quicker? Because that could make the difference for him. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, another match I'm actually interested in because, uh, obviously, other than the, it's one of those things where like you wouldn't see this match unless it was in G1. It's on the 14th of October, one of the final uh, nights of the tournament. When the, well, the last night of B-Block before the, the finals is Tamatonga versus Okada. Because, you know, I think o- Tamatonga is very underrated in terms of being a singles wrestler. And Okada has been talked about for years as one of the best in the world. So that's a clash of deals, like I said. Uh, a match that you wouldn't see unless you got in a, in a tournament like this or in the New Japan Cup. Aye. That is going to be absolute unreal. Like this is the thing. Like I, I, I know. Like when we had our last show, kind of like the the, under, the announcement felt maybe a little bit underwhelming. But if anything, they've got more to prove this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think they're go- I think they're really going to go as long as they don't fall into the trap of making every single night have every match be bloated in length. Because I know people are complaining about that right now. I noticed uh, last year they seem what they seem to do is also they have five tournament matches per night they seem to keep the the first two matches to a decent length and it's the final it's the last last three where they start you know drawn out a little bit so you know i think that's fair because you know the early matches you get the first couple of matches you that's where you tend to get your yoshihashis your uh, probably your chase owens and people like that so yeah keep them in shorter matches but it's the final three matches that seem to get longer but i, I get what you're saying but you know, they can't help themselves when it's a Knight or an Okada at times. And I think with Shingo, he will probably have a fair few matches that test the time limit. But even then, Shingo still has a lot of flurries of like being very explosive in his matches. So I don't mind if his matches go on a little bit. Yeah, Shingo's one of those people I could just, I could watch him all day. And I'm more than the same with Naito. I love Naito. The other ones, I mean, if someone's, if someone said to me, oh, Yoshihashi. Chase Owens, 30 minute time limit. I would start screaming like Homer. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the ones, like, it doesn't even seem like a, a G1 match. That's a KOPW match. Like, so that's one of the ones, like, that wherever night that happens, that's when you want to kick off the block matches, get out of the way so we can get onto the, the stuff we really came for. Funny enough, we're joking about that one. It's actually in the last night. <laughs> Is it actually a oh, fuck off? <laughs> The last night is going Chase Owens and Yoshihashi. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
and I, I'll, despite that though, I think that's that's just as well because you actually look at what that leaves for the rest of the night. You know, Tamatonga v Goto, Taichi v Tanahashi, Evil Sanada and Okada Jeff Cobb. You know, get get Jason Yoshashi out there first, and then get them to fuck, and then let us get on with the rest of the car because these other four matches look solid to me. Aye, the other four. Um, like Sanada and Evil, obviously Evil's probably going to have some fucking dodgy interference which will really annoy me but on the whole Sanada and Evil have very good chemistry, They, I, I always enjoy their G1 matches uh, I'm not sure how I, think, what I, how I feel about Sanada because going into last year G1 there was a lot of talk that Sanada could actually win the tournament or at least get to the final and he did get to the final and just came up short now like since he had the match with Ibushi back at New Beginning I've not really seen him as that kind of guy. Like he's not, he's kind of slipped down in terms of a, as a singles division. So I don't know how I've uh, his G1 going. And I actually think we'll do the opposite to last year, where I don't think Evil will. I don't think this will be a match with him and Evil that determines who goes through. I think that'll end up being like Cobble Cada. That'll be the match that determines who goes through for the B block. But I think that Sanado will come close to going through, but then losing to Evil will be the spoiler, that'll be the loss that costs uh, Sanada the points he needs to go through. So Evil will play spoiler tonight to Evil will play spoiler to Sanada on the final night just to get just to fully annoy people. Yeah, I would not be surprised at it's it's one of the things like I still love Sanada. He's still my guy, but it's it's very, very apparent over the last year that he's he's went down in the, the bookings. It's this could be a chance for him to rebuild himself, but I don't see him entering, re-entering the main event scene in this calendar year. Yeah. So, like I said, uh, the 20th is the B-Block final, 19th is the A-Block final, and then the 21st of October will be the, the finals of the G1, where those are always exciting because you get also the final and the, the main event, but you also get some matches you know, between guys who kind of set feuds up during the during the tournaments, like guys who have maybe pinned a mid-card champion or guys who are setting up matches for, like, power struggle. Or maybe we'll get, like, some of these uh, junior foods, you know, reignited in the G1 final. Like, Katana has his interest position. As you know, they've got the Never Champion back in the the US. You know, the Intercontinental title has been unified. So, like, the main people other than the world champion who could get, who get, get pinned and guarantee someone a future title shot or Yano as KOPW champion, or Tanahashi as US champion. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, who Tanahashi loses to uh, to set up any potential future US title matches. Yeah, like, the only, the only other way I can see a title match being set up out of things is because we have both sets of tag champions, if people from the same stable both get a pin on respective tag members, that could possibly lead to like a six-man tag match and a, a, a main one for the tag tag belts as well. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted to you know, like, like get Sanada back into the the singles mix again, he's facing Tanahashi on the first of October. So if Sanada pins somehow pins Tanahashi, and then on the finals you can have a tag match, and then you can have afterwards Sanada go, "I want you for that US belt." I, that would be a solid one, and even a, an idea that kind of popped into my head was if you had someone getting a pin on Taichi mm-hmm. from B Block and someone else from the same stable getting a pin on Zach in the A Block, 
I think well, I think one of the obvious ones that could come out of that is you could probably get a God Dangerous Techers match again, but I think that's been done. Yeah, but there is other options available there that that could work. Yeah, because uh, the B, the A Block final does feature Tangaloa versus ZSJ uh, with Tamatonga v Taiji happening uh, another earlier on the tournament. I don't know exactly what day. Uh, sorry, sitting out there the twelfth of October is there. So you could set up both of those up, or even with a. Uh, even with Tangaloa winning on the A block final, and then two days later at the actual finals, you then set up that that rematch between the two teams for down the road. I like there's certain avenues you, you can go. You can even have somebody in like Bullet Club pinning uh, Goto or Yoshihashi, like Evil pins either of them, and then wants the House of Torture to get a, a six man title shot because uh, people sometimes forget when the six man champs are in there, but you know. This year of all years, you know, the six-man belts have gone up in terms of prestige. So, you know, it's actually interesting to see if somebody tries to pin them and and tries to get a six-man title shot for their faction. House House of Torture for that sounds like a, a viable option because you just need either Yujiro or Evil to get a pin or both of them to get pins on people involved in the six-man belts. Mm-hmm. And then instead of using Dick Togo, they can be right. Togo's in the outside. Show you're in with us because Show can compete with the heavyweights. We've seen that before. Yeah, they're really the only other like viable option at the minute because you know you could say the Empire, but the Empire's reduced to kind of a uh, Cobb and Okan, so you know they don't they don't actually have a third member at the minute, like at least not in Japan at the minute. So you know at the minute they've not really got any claim. Yeah, because Hanari has God knows where the fuck is where where is Hanari? Someone tells. Find Hanari. I just pictured the Vince style thing. Where is he? Where is that son of a bitch? It's in the parking lot, sir. Get him. Get him now. So I bring back the conspiracy theories. The mystery of the disappearance of Hanari. That's what we need to figure out. But, uh, talking about the A block uh, final. That is looking solid on the. Okay, I'm getting my dates all mixed up yet. The 18th is the A block final. The 20th is. Uh, B block final twenty first the final so I don't know why I thought it was on the nineteenth it should be on the nineteenth but the A block final is looking all the matches you know not there's no Yoshihashi she's uh, own style matches on this night because you got uh, Ishii versus Jano Tangalo VCSJ Naito versus Okan uh, Yujiro versus Shingo and you got Ibushi versus Kenta and I think the Ibushi Kenta match. Is the one that maybe decides the A block. I can't appreciate that is going to be something else. That I mean, two two prolific strikers um, going at it. I definitely think looking at the the candidates, I, I think you're right. I think that's going to be the match that decides the A block. I think it, I think it's ever going to be like a Kent Abushi for the A block and Naito Cobb. No, no, Naito Cobb. Uh, Okada Cobb uh, for the B block. Uh, and I think it's going to come down to Okada versus Ibushi as the, the finals of the G1. Because I think out of everybody in the tournament, I think these are the two that have the most, you know, they seem to have the most claim, I think, to potentially be in the G1 winner with Ibushi trying you know, to make history again and be like a three-time winner and do it back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And Okada, you know, trying once again win the G1 for the third time in his career and... Like basically, two guys who, if they win, could be three-time winners. But you know, Okada trying to get back to that main event spot after losing to Shingo at Dominion, 
and Ibushi trying to once again you'll become God. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely like sort of credible options. My my mind, I'm thinking it's going to be either Kenta or Naito against either Okada or Cobb. That's that's my kind of like picks for, for how the finals could go. I think if Naito goes in the final, Naito's winning it. If it's Kenta in the final, though, that's where I think it could be more unpredictable. Uh huh. Because like Kenta's someone I'd love to see win the G1, but like again, he's kind of been there and then disappeared and then back again. I mean, you can tell a story during the G1 to kind of justify why somebody could win it, and by by the end, people like, yeah, that makes sense given what's happened over the last month. But going into the tournament, he's one of the few people who doesn't have a real story or anything like that. But it would be hell of interesting if he did win it. You know, basically given like the story of his like entry to the G1 in 2019 was, you know, absolutely becoming the heel of the tournament because he was a Noah guy and the fans were booing him, and and one of the and his first match. He beats Ibushi uh, in his first G1 match. And then also there were several blocks last year. And now here they are, the A block final uh, and for the, in 2021. So, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ibushi, Kenta, they've, other than G1 matches, they've really been kept apart from each other. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, there, there's actually a lot of sort of things that they've, they've, they've kept apart. I, where Kenta's been, I would like to bloody know because it does feel like it's been forever since I've seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be it could have been an injury, but you know what Japan's like. They they generally do only unless it's a champion where they have to say what's happened. But quite often they just they, if someone's injured they just disappear. <laughs> mm-hmm. The uh, thing with Cobb and Okada, like, I think if Okada wins and goes through, then they have a, a vehicle to kind of like have. Even though he didn't beat Okada during the tournament, he could still try and make a claim that he wants Okada's a shot at Okada's a G one briefcase. And then you can put another a final definitive end to the feud uh, between those two. Because uh, I'm just trying to think about you know the potential for you know, uh, briefcase defenses and like title matches between now and Wrestle Kingdom. Because really much like last year, because it's later in the year, you've really only got one major event where you can do either of those defenses, and that's Power Struggle. Yeah, that's it. There's uh, we're we're going to be in a very like this is. One of the problems they've got them when they got we want to set up these other feuds, but at the same time we're so close to Wrestle Kingdom, and then we're we're going to be heading pretty much straight towards the best of Super Juniors and World Tag League. It's like ah, where do we fit everything in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you could fit a, a second G1 defense on the first night of Wrestle Kingdom if uh, you really want to do that, take advantage of the the three nights, but then. You got that person then potential better on the second night, and then what happens with the whole Osprey claiming he's a real world champion? Then that means you could have the case of somebody wrestling across all three nights of Bloody Wrestle Kingdom, and I don't know if you really want to, you know, do that with some with one person across three nights, given that all three of those matches would be really long matches, and like, like after going through the G1 and then a few months later going through those three nights, I don't know if you'd want to do that. Yeah, like the three the three nights. I mean, on the plus side, though, the third night does have at least sort of like a few days between the second and third. But it is a lot to ask of someone to potentially try and defend and retain over three nights. Um, Osprey is not going to do that. He's a total shite bag. He's going to wait until right at the end, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I think he. I think 
like also with three nights, it's a lot more opportunity to get people on the card, and so you don't want one person taking up a, pre- a primary spot on all three nights. But again, we don't know what is they're they're going to do. Honestly, uh, I think as much as I like to, I think the fact that Shingo's fighting Buddy Yujiro at the final night of the, uh, the tournament, I don't think uh, that means he's going to be. I don't think that's a max that Shingo wins to then go on to be in the bloody final. So I think if he was going to face somebody like a Knight or ZFT or even Kenta on the final night, then I think, well, maybe Shingo's got a chance of going to the final as the champion. But he's fighting Yujiro, so I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, Yujiro, I think one of the only matches of his I'm really looking forward to or have much interest in is him versus Naito, given you know, the Team No Limit history. Yeah, I think... Yujiro's got a lot to prove here. Naito's been at the top for so long. Yujiro's always... Perhaps this is one of those matches where, as much as I hate the whole house of torture stuff, it might be one of the matches where it actually pays out because Yujiro could get the upset. Mm-hmm. It could be. You never you never know whether you do. Then they could do some house of torture LIG kind of, kind of thing. Like, I think I agree with what you said. They have a lot to prove. I think New Japan in this tournament with also the announcement some people feeling it a bit lackluster, but also the fact that a lot of people said, you know, they're very unsure about, you know, they're not they're unsure about how they feel about New Japan's booking or how they, their faith in New Japan is going to be shaking because of some questionable booking decisions over the last year. You know, you know, putting evil, making evil your top champion will do that to you. But I think this is where you, they can turn that all around and really build the anticipation towards Wrestle Kingdom. So I think we've we've both said about who we think maybe in the final. We'll go back to you and try and give our official like who we think is actually going to win the the tournament, and we're also going to give our most outlandish out there, probably never going to happen prediction uh, out there. But first, we go to the Eat Sleep Super Retreat community, and you put a little post out there, you know, giving everybody the full list of the the participants and who's involved and which block. And asked the people over in the community if they wanted to make their predictions to who would be the G1 winner 2021. And we got some responses from members of the community, members of the podcast as well. Uh, Jack Graham, host of, co-host of Saturday Night Live, says, give it to Kenta. I would love it if they did give it to Kenta. Uh, New Japan expert uh, David Campbell says, I think they'll have uh, the champ win it this year. Go on, Takagi, take it. Old strategy, can let's see if it pays off. Uh, Stephen Wilson says that you think Jeff Cobb will win. Uh, you made reference to her earlier on. Sarah says, Yano, everybody fears Yano. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they will this year. Chris Murray, host of this week's future show, says, every year I hope Naito wins, and this year will be absolutely no different. So, once again, back in Naito, as you can have made allusions to that you think Naito could be in the finals. Marek, it's I think that's how you spell M A R E K. Mark. Mark. <laughs> it's, it's Mark. I know. Is it Mark? Mark. <laughs> yeah. Is it Mark? Oh. Who the hell has an E to Mark? <laughs> Mark making me look like an idiot. Absolute scenes when Yujo Tangaloa beats Naito on the final block A, final day of A block, to prevent from paving the way for a great Okan victory. Again, another bold strategy. Uh, and then Brendan also says that Jeff Cole was a good shout given his last couple of victories. Particularly, particularly his last match against Okada, but he says my heart is with Yano though. 
So, quite, a, uh, quite a mixture there. Um, I was going to wind up Wilson and say that he chose Okada just to just to see how he would react to that. <laughs> <laughs> see, I think I'll say I especially annoy uh, Wilson now if, in the last day of B Block, like I said before, Okada does beat Jeff Cobb. But I agree with you. A, a mix of people, mix of uh, from across. You know, nobody's went out, went all out there and tried to see Goshihashi or Evil will win and. Thankfully, otherwise they've been removed from the community page. After a good thorough ten-minute rant on this of me tearing them a new one. Absolutely, <laughs> I almost comment. I remember when I this posted on the community. I almost commented. I thought, "What the fuck are you doing, you daft? You're going to be on the show talking about it." Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. Where, where was my head at? But again, before we go into the G1, you know, my last few years of the G1 have not really worked out. I mean, a couple of times the last couple of years I've thought that Jay White was going to win and he didn't. In 2018 I thought Bushi was going to win and he didn't. He lost to Tanahashi. So, you know, my track record with G1 predictions is not the best. But I'm going to go out there again and I'm going to officially say I think Kota Bushi becomes three-time winner back-to-back-to-back of the G1 Climax. But what about you? What is your official G1 prediction? I'm going to go against my heart. I'm going to go with my head. I'm going to go bold. And I'm back in Kenta. Ooh. There you go. I, mean, I almost went with Okada because I think Kenta Okada is going to be the G1 final because, you know, that's that main event of Wrestle Kingdom one night. So having it as a G1 final makes sense when you think about it. And, you know, uh, that is a match that could go either way if it does happen. So. Who knows, but also Kenta going all the way, I again would not be against it. And again, getting to see him versus Shingo. I think he'd have a claim to go to the final if he pins Shingo in their match. I think if he does, then there's a chance he goes through. If he doesn't pin Shingo in their match, then and Shingo goes over, then I don't think there's a chance he goes through. Because it's all about those tiebreakers. That's it. The, the, G, the G1's all about the tiebreakers. I, I think the way it's going to go, I think one of the blocks in particular, I think B block's going to come down to tiebreakers due to the calibre of who's involved. I, I, I think A block's probably going to have like a clear, definitive winner. Um, if I, I, I'm, when I'm with me back in Kenta, I'm actually back in Kenta to get to go 7-2. and Because mm. they have been doing that with like the winners of the G1, like they did it last year, like only losing once or twice because also they didn't have much time in between. The only real person that Ibushi lost to last year was Jay White, which is why they had that match at uh, Power Trigger, which Jay White won, which then again, uh, that does create some interest now going forward, at least for the next couple of years when it comes to whenever the G1 winner defends their opportunity because it took 26 attempts, but it finally happened. Somebody lost their opportunity, so there's precedent. It could happen again. That's it. Stranger, stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. Especially over the last year and a half for New Japan. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why some of these, like, sort of, like, other other additions that came in, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did throw someone like, like Tamatonga or Tangaloa to make it to the final as a kind of out-there prediction. Mm-hmm. But speaking of out-there predictions, Grant, if you had to give out your most out-there, outlandish G1 prediction of something like it might not happen. Fuck, I'm going to say it right now. That's going to happen. Uh, what would what would that be? I think for outlandish prediction, um, it's something that's probably not going to happen. 
but in my head I could still see some sort of major upset coming from it is Shingo and Yujiro I think Yujiro could actually do something like if he's got the House of Torture on his side Shingo could be exhausted by the end of this tournament in the matches that he's had beforehand I wouldn't be I wouldn't put it past the House of Torture to do some sort of twist the knife in after after the last time they had their encounters with Shingo Hmm. That could be very, very interesting. Uh, let's see, what am I out there for it to be? Fuck it, I'm going to say it. Uh, my outlandish prediction is that... Okay, I was thinking, like, when I think, what's out, something out there will happen? Let's, let's involve Will because he's going to do probably fuck all in this tournament. Uh, I think Yoshiashi is going to get some major wins. In this tournament, like nobody's that nobody's expecting in this tournament, like okay, I'm gonna throw it out there because it's not gonna happen. Uchiashi's gonna pin Tanahashi somehow and get a US title opportunity. Not gonna happen, but fuck it. If it does, if it does, I'll be the smuggest prick in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be heard about for years to come. Mm-hmm. You know, Ross gets to brag that he was right about. Because he predicted MVP and Bobby Lashley, you know, I I would have less to really brag about because you know it probably shouldn't happen. But fuck it, you know, I was gonna say, oh, which actually will ping go to, but that's not exciting. Fuck it, go back or go home. <laughs> in fact, just because I know it's gonna wind up Stephen uh, Okada's gonna pin Cobb. He's gonna do it in five minutes. <laughs> I'd actually be happy if our Okada match goes five minutes, especially after a long month of the G1. Uh, We'll also talk about that, but before we go and uh, you know, do before we wrap up this show, what uh, is there anybody you think could actually go winless in this tournament? Because remember Yoshi Yujiro, uh, you remember Yujiro? He went like he had one win, and and that was in the final night of A Block when he used his cane on Jeff Cobb, which probably is the moment where Jeff Cobb decided, "Look, I'm going to join the Empire." Uh, but like I remember when that happened, I'm like. Why did you not think any time earlier in the tournament to use that? You could have got some wins in this thing. But Ujiro went came so close to going winless and I, th- I believe 2014-2015 at that time, uh, Honma was the last person to go winless in the tournament but do you think anybody in this tournament could go winless? Aye, I know who. That wee fucking gimp. Chase Owens. I think that would be... Uh, you know, I almost went for my other space. I went Evil doesn't get a single win in the tournament, but I think that was too much of wishful thinking. But yeah, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Chase Owens, which is which is one of the few things that makes it uh, one of the few things that makes you want to watch the Chase Owens uh, Yoshiashi matches. In that it's two guys who don't get many wins when they go up against established people, but now they're on the same level, and you're like, who the fuck wins this? Who does he give a, who do they give less of a shit about? Well, it's, like, it's like Alien v Predator. It doesn't matter who wins, we lose. <laughs> We do indeed, but hopefully we don't lose when we see who eventually comes out on top of the G1 climax. It may be, it may have been a rocky you know, year for New Japan, but the G1 always has some bangers, it has some matches that break that five-star scale, as matches that we'll be probably talking about come the end of the year, and I'm sure Grant will agree with saying, I cannot wait to see it all unfold. It's happening this weekend, it's so close, I can taste it. Cannot wait for Saturday. I'll be get I'll be getting straight in, straight onto it as soon as I'm back to the gym. I will be avoiding all spoilers. I'll be watching it every single day. I don't know if I'm on SDL uh, this week, but I know I'm off the weekend, so 
yeah, uh, whether money is dealing or not, I thought to edit it, edit it, walk the dog, and then basically saying them, back to your bed, I've got the G1 to watch, so basically I'd be staying off social media for most of Saturday morning before I watched the, the first night. So there you go. A weekend off, I can watch both nights as uh, hopefully watch both nights of the tournament, spoiler free. That's it. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be some it's gonna be something else. The fact that they've they've really stepped up at like getting English commentary on the go the last couple of years with the G one has made it so much easier for the casual fans to get to get into it and follow it and you know let's hope let's hope the matches can, can really match up to to the potential as say not gonna lie, it's probably the most nervous I've been for the G one because we're still in the clap crowd era. But let's hope they can knock it out of the park. Yeah. I do worry when we ever we we preview anything nowadays with New Japan because you know with the last few months with how many I think they had to reschedule or rechange or change the main event for Grand Slam twice reschedule at least once and we eventually got it but like things can change on a dime with the way the state of emergency and the protocols uh, are going in Japan so you know I try to not to look too far ahead of things because you never know when they change but you know it's this weekend and um, I'm looking finally. Looking forward to the to the G one, and you know, God knows how we break it down uh, when we eventually review it. We we did a decent enough job, I think, last year. Hopefully, we can do it again this year, and we hope you guys will stay tuned. If you want to get your fix of us talking about New Japan, you can check out the back catalogue of East meets West episodes. We're uh, usually monthly, but sometimes we have to do more than we have to do two shows a month when stuff really gets. Uh, heavy in terms of content from New Japan, uh, Central Feature Shows episodes of Saturday Fly. Take our check our YouTube channel. Uh, should be a new quiz showdown coming later this month. Uh, the book it uh, every so often we have our fancy booking uh, show. I was on the most recent episode, thoroughly thrashing uh, Jack Graham in a WWE vs TNA 2010 show. So check it out for yourselves. And also Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Suplex Retreat. Join the community page if you want a join uh, join the conversation and add unnecessary letters to your name that you don't need and confuses the hosts and looking at you Mark uh, but also you should me- you should mention at uh, some point in October you uh, maybe another two show months grant because uh, we've got everything in G1 but everything, everything that they've announced for strong and the tapings there uh, September October should be a hell of a month with some unique matchups so we may have to do a, a best of the rest they'll show and a separate show from that from the G1 to cover all of that so potentially another two show months from us so uh, you know people are going to get their fill of East meets West Yeah I think leading up we're going to have probably a two show month then I wouldn't even be surprised if we have to end up doing it over the course of like November, December as well with two big tournaments coming up then as well mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised as well uh, but we'll, we'll keep you updated uh, as we go and we hope you'll, uh, you'll follow along with us and let us know if you haven't got involved already who you think is going to win the G1 uh, and when the tournament's done make sure you, it's just let us know what you think your match the tournament was as we'll definitely have ours we could have talked all day about some of the other matches that we got to come up but I think we'll just give your thoughts on them after the fact and hope that they were just as they were as much of a banger as we hoped they would be but until next time enjoy the G1 everybody myself and Grant will say goodbye
I am Jack Graham. I am Scott McLeod. And I'm David Hockney. And you can catch us hosting one of the greatest shows in the history of podcasts, Saturday Draft Live. You can tune in every Saturday to find out who on the ESSR has the best chance of winning the current season of our fantasy draft. As always, you can catch Saturday Draft Live on all good podcasting platforms. <laughs>